Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael Cox teaches on week two of By All Means. And so I wanted to spend some time in reviewing today from last week. We're definitely going to have to cut that and jump straight to the point. Let me paraphrase 1 Corinthians 9, verses 19 through 23. It is where Paul talks about, and let me just, let's just jump to verse 22. That will paraphrase it. Let's don't go to the under the law, not under the law, Jew, Gentile. Let's don't go to all the definers, okay? Because remember we learned that when Scripture says all, It just means all. So let's just say when it says all people, we don't have to label them all, right? Let's just jump to all. Okay, so verse 22. To the weak, I became weak that I might win the weak. Okay, that was one of the last defining people that were in that long passage. And so here we go. We pick up second part, verse 22, New American Standard Bible. I have become all things to help me. All men, so that I may by all means save some. Okay, verse 23, I do all things for the sake of the gospel so that I may become a fellow partaker of it. Lots of alls in this passage, all right? We want to reach all people. By all means, by becoming all things to all people, right? And so that, that, that is a whole lot of all. In there is no room anywhere in that pa- passage for some partiality, for some reservation, for some one day a weakness, right? It's all means all. Okay, and if we're not willing to bring our all, then we're just saying I'm willing to leave some. If I'm not willing to go by all means, then we have to start choosing which ones we're going to leave behind. But if we'll go by all means, then we don't have to make a choice. We can just, every person we come in contact, I will not choose to leave you. I will come by all means. I will do with everything in me and all that is at my hand and all that is in my, my wealth and control, I will bring it to bear to win you, to bring you into the kingdom. And so by all means. But you know what that takes? And this is where I want to go today. It takes great faith. I don't have time to recap, as I say again, so we're just going to have to jump in today. It takes great faith. Faith, And I want to specifically talk about something today. I want to help you today. Can I help you? Anybody want to get real free today? I do too. Amen. When we start talking about by all means, and we start talking about faith to release our means, I've never seen people become more committed to be a biblical scholar, then when you start talking about taking steps of faith and they start trying to find some biblical excuses as to why that's probably not God. 
Well, let me, let me see if I can find an exact, exact example of that step of faith in Scripture. If I can't, then it's probably not God. Are you with me? So many times we say, I'll do whatever God tells me to do. Well, some things God's not even going to tell you to do. That's where faith comes in. You don't believe me? Let's go here. Mark 5, real quick. A woman who had had a hemorrhage, <laughs> that had had together, just all I, I always think about is what had happened was <laughs> a woman who had had, had had, hey, a hemorrhage. <laughs> I tell you, I don't know what, uh, you talk about Ezra mimicking me and dancing. Last night we're sitting around a table. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just starts, Shabbat, <laughs> Don't know where he got that. <sighs> and uh, I laughed, which licensed him, and he ran around the house doing it for 30 minutes. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he got, he got into it, bro. I don't know. He's going to transition very well into his prayer language. When he gets endued with that power, he's ready. He is ready. Some people say it's mocking. I, I, I don't want it to be some massive great divide where kids can begin to just understand that it's a partnership with us and our tongue and our mind, and we express what he's saying. And I know that's a big leap from joking around, but I just I don't want it to be something that they think is so uh, far removed from them, even at a young age. So I'm okay with it. A woman who had had a hemorrhage of t for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. That's a bad situation. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, everybody say, for she thought. For she thought. For she thought. Not because, for he said. Not because Jesus said, hey, thou sweetest young ladyeth, cometh over hereeth and touch my gowneth, and you will be whole. Out of her desperation, she just had a thought. And that thought got endued with faith, and she stepped out and made a move. If you're waiting for God to specifically speak, some of us are paralyzed, waiting for direction, waiting for God to tell us specifics. Tiffany did a fabulous job this past Wednesday night, and you'll probably hear some of it coming out today. But he is not a, a, a slave driver or a drill sergeant. He's a father. He doesn't just dictate everything to us. He gives us guardrails is my word for it. I can't remember exactly. But he gives us these parameters, and then he says, live abundant. And he gives us promises and things that we can lay hold of through faith. But he doesn't come every single time 
He's like, do this, 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 do this. She had a thought. Some of us are just having thoughts, and then we don't do anything with those thoughts because we get paralyzed. Well, should I have had that thought? Is that my thought? Is that ambition? Is that this? Is that this? Is that this? Is that this? If you have a thought about abundant life that he's promised you, then go for it by faith. By all means, by all means, don't sit there thinking about it. By all means, start making some bold decisions and move forward by faith. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. Where did she get a theological degree on touching garments? She finds some great history of methodology of garment touching and how that always works, and that's a tried and true formula for healing. And so now that I have a tried and true formula for healing, and there's absolutely no risk in it, and God is contracted to do what he has to do, because I know for sure in his word that if I do A and B, then he has to do it, then I'll take a step of faith. Can we even use the word faith there? have a thought, and I move forward. That's faith. For she thought, if I just touch his garment, I'll get well. Let me just help you. Satan is not in the habit of giving you any thoughts that bring you closer to God. Or align him more with biblical principles in his word to see you walk in abundance in life. Well, I don't know if God's telling me to give that or not. Okay? Satan going to tell you, you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly, but if you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. Satan going to tell you to give too much. The one who came to steal, kill, and destroy wants you to live in lack. Want you to have less than and not enough. You think he's going to say, so a little too much. Come on. I just don't know what to do. I'll just stand still. The story is completely different if she had a thought and thought, I've never seen that before. Let's go back to bed. Let's save up some more money and try another doctor. But she did. She had a thought, and her thought caused her to act, and she moved by faith. And verse 29 says, immediately the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Come on. How close are you to an immediately... Because of a thought that the Holy Spirit inspires in your mind, but you get so caught up in, I don't know for sure if I should take that act of faith. And there was an immediately waiting, just immediately after your step of faith. But we don't say by all means, I'll have all that he has for me. We say by understandable means 
rational means. Concrete, understandable means. Historical means. Immediately, this all happened immediately, Jesus perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? Come on. You're waiting on him to tell you what to do, and he don't even know what you're doing. We know he knows everything, but he has set it up to where you're his son, you're his daughters, and you can take acts of faith, and it happens automatically. It doesn't have to be processed through like our building permits downtown, and they get to decide. It happens immediately. Faith gets immediate response. It's a kingdom principle. You make a demand through faith on the power and the virtue. It will be released to you before he even turns around and sees who took it. Some of you are like, well, I don't know if, 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 if he'll do it for me. I don't know if this will work for me. I don't know. Hey, he didn't even see who it was yet. She was healed before he knew who it was. You think he's withholding or denying you. He don't even know who you are when you touch him. Just go ahead by faith and receive what he has. Then he'll turn around and see it, come in agreement with it, and say you're healed. Be whole in Jesus' name. I love that. How many times, me, maybe it's just my testimony, but how many times do I have a thought? But do I feel disqualified because of who I am? You got to have a thought. You got to move by faith. And you can't get caught up with on all your disqualifying factors because he's got his back turned intentionally. He let the fullness of the kingdom be released to his sons and daughters when they respond by faith. And he just lets it happen naturally. He set up biblical principles, he set up the kingdom in a way. And he gave us all authority that we can bind and loose and we can receive it without ever even going and getting his approval on every single situation. Does that sound heretical? Really not. He already approved it. You ever try to get pre-approval for something that's already been approved? Sometimes we want approval again. Oh, my goodness. This is terrible. But I just saw this funny thing yesterday. It was this little video. Oh, gosh, this is horrible. But it's a conversation between Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez. They used to date, right? Justin Bieber is telling Selena Gomez that he's going to propose to the Haley Baldwin girl that he married. I don't know all these people. I'm behind on pop culture. But this was hilarious. He's like, I'm going to propose. Great. That's awesome. Proud of you. And he like keeps going down and like keeps coming back to, unless there's any reason I shouldn't. You know? <laughs> unless there's any reason I shouldn't. Like, so, and she's like, why would you not? You know? Well, if somebody else loved me. You know, it's this thing that says he still loves Selena Gomez, even though he's married. And I, I believe he's the believer right now, so we'll pray for him. I'm sure it's not easy. Um, 
where he lives and where he's walked. But it's hilarious. But, I'm, but that came to my mind just now because I feel like we keep doing that. Like, I will ask for it unless I, you think I can't. And we just keep wanting to filter through because we're so, so scared. <laughs> we're so afraid to take a step that we literally want to be disqualified. Because if we're disqualified, then that's not as scary. We already felt disqualified, and then we don't feel like we make a big step and put ourselves out there, and then we get rejected. We'd rather just go ahead and be disqualified. We're trying to find reasons to be disqualified for the promises of God so that we don't act in faith. And if we're trying to find reasons, how in the world can we tell the world what they can have? Immediately, he turned around. Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Affliction. I'm processing right now all the sound bites that possibly will come from this sermon and how much rebuking I'm going to get. He doesn't have to look and see who it is because he already knows who it is, and he already gave you everything you'll ever need a long time ago when he purchased it on the cross, so he doesn't have to recheck your ID. That's what I mean. In the Passion Translation, that verse 34, then Jesus said to her, Daughter, because you dared to believe. Your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. Because you dared to do so. How many of us, our faith is daring? The message says, Jesus said to her, Daughter, you took a risk of faith. And now you're healed and whole. If God speaks and you obey, that's not a risk of faith. That's not by all means. That's just obedience. Risk of faith are when we have thoughts and ideas. Inspired by the Holy Spirit and we move faith. That's a risk of faith. Mark chapter 10. I think I just have to paraphrase. Jesus is leaving Jericho and blind Bartimaeus is on the side of the road. And he's screaming out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd began to hush him and tell him to quiet down. If you can't disqualify yourself, you'll have some help. There's a lot of people that stand in line to help disqualify us because they want to disqualify themselves. Because if you can believe and you can receive, then what are they going to do? You serve the same God as they serve, so there's a whole assignment rampant in the body of believers for us to all discredit us ourselves unanimously so there's no pressure on any of us to take any risk. If you can't disqualify yourself, I promise you somebody will help you out. Misery loves company. Doubters love friends. Quiet down. But like the woman with the issue of blood and like blind Bartimaeus, are you going to be one that he's going to say, 
You dared. You took a risk. Bartimaeus cried out all the more. Look, look, look. Man, come on, that doesn't work in our system. That doesn't work in our structure. There's no history of this wild crying out, okay? And so there's methods and there's formulas and there's rules in how we approach this stuff. And this is not part of it. You need to get in line. People in line don't get looked at by the Father and say, man, you took a daring risk of faith. People that say, you know what, by the time I get through this line, I'm going to be dead. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I'm not going to spend another dollar going to another physician and end up worse than I already am. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I can't just keep staying in this system. I'm going straight to the source. I'm going to run past everybody, and I don't want a cut line. I say there's enough for all of us to go. I'll meet you there. We'll tag there. None of us have to lose. But I refuse to stand in a line when there is no line. I refuse to process God through a system when he's made himself available to me to approach him boldly. He made provision for me. And then everybody wants to tell me to approach him through a system. I'm not going to, and you don't have to. Come with me. Let's go to him, and let's take a risk, and let's be daring. By all means, let's lay hold of the promises of God. He cried out all the more. See, when we submit the things of God to the mind of man, unbelief and religion are the results. But when we submit the mind of man to the things of God, we end up with faith and a renewed mind. The mind makes a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. Systems are great. Systems are wonderful when they serve the kingdom and its process. If the system is to get people with he to him without restriction, by all means, let's set up a system. But if the church ever becomes anything other than a system and a process and an, and an enabling force and an equipping body to go out and win the world, then let's shut them all down. If it becomes a gate that they have to process, process, uh, go through and be processed through to approach him, and it's more restriction and it's more red tape, then let's shut them all down and let's take him to the street. But if we can be a body, if we can be a body that will facilitate and release the kingdom, then by all means, let's do it together. got to skip everything. Unbelief is anchored in what is visible or reasonable apart from God. It honors the natural realm as superior to the invisible. It, the Apostle Paul states that what you can see is temporal, but what you can't see is eternal. Unbelief is faith in the inferior. And here's what I've been saying today. There's something amazing about unbelief. It is able to fulfill its own expectations. 
Unbelief is safe because it takes no risk and almost always gets what it expects. Then after a person gets the answer for their unbelief, they can say, I told you so. See, we've got so much pride that's built up in our title of Christian and one that knows God that we sometimes are afraid to step out by faith because then if it doesn't happen the way that we thought it was going to happen, then somebody may think that we're not as spiritual as we let on to be. And so we've got to throw off our pride. If you guys could bring up those squares and three chairs, please, I'm going to land this thing. I'm going to say today that I have preached a lot of sermon in 25 months. Some days I leave discouraged, and I didn't say what I should have said or whatever, but today I'm confident I've said a lot in 25 minutes. Thankful for the help of the Holy Spirit. Can you lay them out here separate, one in the middle and one on each side over in the blue, and then one in the middle, and then put a chair on each one? Oh, there's four. Awesome. That means a fourth one. I forgot there was four. Slide that one on over onto the blue for you. Because I'm particular. And that's what I said. And you know me. Blue means blue. No means no. Yes means yes. Lord got me for talking to you that way, Philip. I spilled water all over myself. This is going to seem like such a delineation for some of you. I struggle. Because, yes, there's a lot of abuses, but there's such an attack on the concept of living in abundance in the body of Christ, especially in relation to finances. So I think it's so connected to our core identity as believers. Whatever, is that my boy back there doing something, making a lot of noise? No? Oh. Bodie? Turn your phone off, bro. What in the world? <laughs> I, I, it would wear everyone out, and, and I would get labeled as a prosperity preacher. But I feel like we could talk about money, at least a portion of every service that we ever have, because I think it's so attached to our core identity and attached to our trust and our faith. And for me... I've had a lot of freedom in my life, but when I got freedom in my finances, it unlocked levels in the kingdom that I didn't even know existed. But it began with freedom in finances. We talk about by all means, and we talk about taking steps by faith. You know, many times I hear 
even offerings. Ask the Holy Spirit what he's saying, what the Lord's directing you. That's good. I mean, maybe the minute the speaker at that time, you know, felt the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to specifically talk to some people today and prompt them. What we have a real hard time with in the body is someone saying, everyone in here by faith, I challenge you to sow a significant seed. Don't even pray about it. Don't even pray about it. Every seed doesn't have to be prayed about. Seeds are seeds that you're sowing. Our prayer about that seed is praying over that seed. Lord, this is a step of faith. You didn't ask me for it. You didn't challenge me for it. You didn't even instruct me for it. If it was, that'd be obedience. This is on me. I initiated this transaction. You have a real problem with that. I know I tell this story a lot, and I'm going to just break, I'm going to just touch on it real quick. But I remember the first time someone handed me, we'll say $1,000 is the bottom line of what I call extravagant gifts. I'll never forget the first time someone handed me $1,000. Never in my life have anyone handed me that amount of money. I'll never forget when I was a young man, thank you, Holy Spirit, I was at Mount Juliet Church of God. It might have been my first sermon. I don't know. I preached here, but first sermon somewhere else probably in somebody else's church. And I preached that sermon, and I was coming out of the bathroom. And it's the man who, no, that wasn't the first time then, because that was Mount Juliet. That's a different place. The man who came and played for Mamaw that went to the Philippines all the time. I think he was at Larry's church. Y'all remember him? He's a missionary to the Philippines. I think he's, yeah, I don't know his name, but just a man of faith. We had him come pray for my grandmother for healing. He's seen just amazing miracles. I don't remember where I, where that one was, so it might have been the first one, but there's two different instances. I remember at, at Mount Juliet Church of God, somebody gave me a handshake, and there was a $100 bill in it. That was the largest sum of money everybody, anybody ever given me. And I was a preacher. About 15 years old or something. Probably wasn't even driving yet. And the Lord was trying to just show me how he take, can take care of me. And I remember that man did it. And I think it was at Larry's church who gave us an opportunity to come and preach there many times. I, I'm so thankful. John and I were dating, and we went to my uncle's church and preached. I remember pulling up, and it was the first time I ever saw my name on a sign. <laughs> yes, speaker. And Jahan Kamar was under it, and I was like, it'd be awesome if it was just Michael and Jahan Cox. Come on, Lord. <laughs> Remember that? We went and stayed at his house. Separate bedrooms, everybody. <laughs> I remember those times, but I remember this was significant. You know when... I received that most significant gift I'd ever made in my life, received in my life. It was about 24 hours after I was sitting at my house one night watching TBN, Christian television. One of those prosperity preachers 
was talking about sowing a $1,000 seed. Now, that's where I really wanted to get to today when we try to discredit acts of faith by the messenger who we got the thought from. I don't care what his intentions were. I had a divinely inspired thought that I wanted to sow a $1,000 seed. I'm not responsible for that man. I don't have anything to do with that man. I don't know where that man is today, and I don't know. God bless him. God used a donkey. He used that man for me. I don't know. I don't, I don't have to worry about him. But it put an inspired thought in my mind, and I looked at John, and I said, we've never sown a, sown a $1,000 seed. I want to sow a $1,000 seed. Now, at this time, we're making, is we, were we already here or where, somewhere? We made $10,000 a year. I was mowing grass, driving a school bus. We're trying to survive. We had four kids, right? But I want to sow. I don't, I, we didn't, and I reached over and grabbed her hand. And I said, let's ask God if we can, if he can give us a $1,000 seed. The guy on TV said, if you don't have a $1,000 seed, ask God for a $1,000 seed. That's all I needed to hear. Well, come on, faith. So I reached over. We didn't ask God for $1,000 that we needed desperately. We just asked God for $1,000 seed. 24 hours later, that's the first time I ever received a $1,000 gift. 24 hours after that, it's the first time I ever sowed a $1,000 seed. My dad always used to say, and he was copying, he was repeating somebody else, but I loved it. If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. But God didn't tell me to sow a $1,000 seed. God didn't tell me to ask him for a $1,000 seed. I heard someone speak of it entered my mind, went into my heart, and I believed it. And I asked him for it. God, that's good. I asked him for it. That was all faith. That was a risk, and that was a dare. That's happened in my life now by multiplied thousands numerous times. It's come in, and it's gone out. When we make these declarations, these come from my heart. Make me a conduit to where the resources of heaven can flow. That's my prayer. Don't make me a bank where the resources of heaven come and stockpile. Make me a conduit. I didn't even tell you, but that little woman who pressed through because she had a thought, she broke the law. Leviticus 15 said she shouldn't have pressed through that throng of people and she definitely shouldn't have touched Jesus. She was supposed to be locked up in despair in a house somewhere dealing with her issues by herself. But she said, this system ain't working for me anymore. And I'm just going to dare to believe that he can change it. There's another woman, a story I was going to tell you today, and I didn't get a chance to, but her daughter was demon-possessed, and she went to Jesus, and she wasn't, a, she wasn't from Israel. She wasn't God's people. She wasn't an Israelite. She came and asked for her daughter to be healed, and Jesus said, I can't give you the children's bread. She said, yeah, but don't dogs even eat 
the crumbs from the master's table. And he said, your faith has made you whole. She broke, she jacked the whole system up. Some of y'all need to forget about all them disqualifying systems and just get bold enough to take some risk and some dare by faith. Man, if y'all saw enough money, we don't even need your money. Don't give it here. Honestly, anytime I talk about finances, let me make a blanket statement. If you think I want your money, then take my word like I did the guy on TV. Don't sow it here, but sow it somewhere and see what God does in your life. I just believe this is a good place and good soil. But I'm not at all trying to get your money. I'm trying to get you something. And that's freedom. And so I feel like we have a strategic opportunity over the next few weeks. Do y'all like this carpet? If you can't see from where you're at, it's three different shades of gray. So pull in grays. Dark gray, middle gray, light gray. And there's a brown in there, okay? And every four of these, there'll be one of those four solid colors mixed in. So pull out all those solids, okay? It's carpet squares because we let you drink coffee. And we can always replace one of these, okay? So... Do with it what you will, but this is a thought I have. You can fit a chair. Now, our chairs are a little bit bigger than this, and we don't have them here because they're being ordered. Chairs are a gray tweedus type chair. They're 18 and a half inches wide. Go home and measure your bootay. It's big enough, okay? <laughs> and uh, it'll be right beside another one, so you'll have a little little hangover room. I need a little hangover room myself. It's okay. But look, this isn't just a fashion statement and we're trendy so we don't have pews. These pews, everybody look around. If I find the most packed pew in this room, probably right back here, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six. Can you imagine having eight on there? Two more people. But eight is the number we went with that you could possibly sit here is eight. But do you know if you put chairs in the same distance, you can fit nine or ten. So we gain more seats. That's the only reason we contemplate having chairs instead of pews. It's not a fashion statement or a trendy thing. It's that we can get more people. We don't make decisions around here to be fashionable or trendy. We make decisions around here to, to break down barriers to bring people into the kingdom. Amen? So we can get more people in here. Just so happens, if we're going to buy chairs and carpet, let's make it fashionable, right? While we're doing it, ain't no sense in making it ugly, right? When we take these bathrooms out, we believe we can get 300 chairs in here. 300 chairs, or 300 chairs, and it takes 600 carpet squares. These carpet squares are fifteen dollars. That's expensive, I know. These chairs are $35, not these chairs, but the ones that are going to be here. I like to go to sporting events. I go to vividseats.com, and I buy tickets to seats. I'd love to have season tickets. I wouldn't bat a night paying $50 for a seat at a basketball game and go one time. What will you pay for your seat here? And your piece of carpet to sit on. 
This seat and this piece of carpet cost 50 bucks. There's another 300 we had to pay for, I understand. But that's not the thought I had. It's the thought I had. I wonder if anybody would take some daring risk with me. Not only this, but the Bible says that we're supposed to go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. This is where that act of faith comes in. This is not me telling you what to do. This is telling you the thought I had. Maybe it will inspire a thought for you to have, and you'll want to sow a seed. But for me, I'm going to make sure my family, everybody in my family, has a seat and a piece of carpet in the house of the Lord in this place to worship. Not only that, I believe that's Jerusalem. If you look at a map, Jerusalem is inside of Judea. So it says we're supposed to go to Jerusalem. We're supposed to take care of our immediate connections, our immediate families. And then the influence grows to those outside of that. Maybe our workplace, maybe our city. If you do look at it just strictly as city and state and structure like that, you could see Jerusalem being our city. And our families are such a smaller group than that. Then you go to Judea, which really I think you'd jump up to our whole country. And then, or, or state, and then Samaria is, Samaria is adjoining to Judea, and it's people we don't like. God went from growing our sphere to, yeah, I'm going to specifically make sure we include that adjoining state of people we don't like. And so I had some specific thoughts of people that by faith, I'm going to buy one for me and everybody in my family by faith, that this, by faith, I'm going to sow a seed that my children will know God at an early age and will serve him all the days of their life. And they will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this is my seed of faith. I'm going to symbolically, by faith, buy them a chair and a piece of carpet in this place. Well, they don't got to come here. No, they don't. But I'm going to sow a seed of faith through this. That's what I've been trying to get you to today. A plus B don't have to equal C and all that stuff. You can just break all the system and say, okay, but I can sow a seed and I can come into agreement by faith and God can do things that don't have anything to do with this chair or this piece of carpet in my life. And he can say, I saw that seed. And you can name it, I believe, whatever you want to name it. God, I just, when he's talking about that chair and that piece of carpet, it's $50 for a combo. I just see something by faith that I'm going to sow a seed for. I'm just telling you what I'm going to do. My family, some of you could give buy a combo for every lost person you know. I'm going to specifically buy a chair. For lost loved ones. He might speak to me before, before Easter and I might have to go back and buy one for every lost family member. I don't, I don't know, but I'm just telling you today, for me, I'm going to buy one for all my family. And I'm going to buy a chair and I'm going to sow a seed for my lost loved ones. My extended family. 
And I'm going to buy a chair for our city. I'm going to buy one for our state. I'm going to buy one for our country. And I'm going to buy one for the world. That's just what I feel prompted to do. And so do we got those forms? Let's hand those out real quick today. Guys that brought these chairs or some other guys, Nick, can you help me? Can you bring these down on the floor now, these three squares and these three chairs? Just make sure everybody gets one real quick. I feel so significant about this. Guys in the program, I know that you don't have money in your hands right now. But if it's purposed in your heart, we will facilitate a way for you to earn the money to purchase a chair and a carpet. You go ahead and sign it if you want to do it. We will facilitate a way for you to not miss out on this opportunity. There's lots of other things. This isn't some building campaign fund to pay for all our expenses. There's lots of other things. If I was trying to get you on the hook to raise all the money we need to raise, it would be much more significant than this. I made these sheets at 3 a.m. this morning. It's just something that I prompted to do. So here we are. Take it, leave it, agree with it, engage with it. It's your choice. I know we're over our time today. I'd like to do this. There's only three chairs up here, and there's only three carpets, and there may be more of you than this. But I would like to, like I did with my wife on that Saturday evening, I would like to reach over and hold hands with somebody who possibly is struggling with this today. And you say, man, I want to give, I want to have faith, I want to believe, I want to see past my natural realm right now, but I'm struggling. Me, and I'll make sure we got somebody up here with you, a couple of people at each chair. Matter of fact, prayer team, just come on right now, a couple of you at each chair, real quick, move fast. Prayer team, a couple of you come to each chair, real quick. I believe this is a significant, significant, significant step in your walk of faith today. So it doesn't just have to be about this, but in any place, anything I've talked about today, this particular act of sowing, overall needs in your life that you're struggling, stepping out in faith, we want to symbolically with this chair and with this carpet today, we want to agree with you. We want to agree with you. For faith to move forward in boldness to respond. So everybody stand with me real quick. You can fill your cards out. Anybody want to come down, sit in one of these chairs and let us agree with you for faith. You want to live a life that's daring. And you want to take risks by faith. Will you come down today and just let us pray with you and agree with you? 
sit in one of these chairs. Everyone else, just whatever you want to do. You want to pray about it, pray about it. But I'm, I challenge you. Sow a seed by faith. Purpose in your heart. And get past the seen world. One plus two equals three. This seed can equal whatever need you have in your life. You can name it, designate it, believe it, come into a faith agreement with God and see it released in your life. In Jesus' name. Jen, can we put something out there to collect these? Guys, if you're going to the website and doing it online, if you want to go ahead and do it, you can do it. Just put building. Just put building. And we'll know it's significantly for this. If you want to do it over time, if you want to pay for one a week between now and Easter, whatever you want to do, you can do whatever you want to do. If you want to put it in an envelope, you can just write building. This isn't just about money. Do not look for reason to be disqualified right now. If you're hung up on this chair and this carpet, throw it out. If God's prompting you to take risks by faith, let us come up here and agree with you for something else. Don't miss this moment thinking it's all about money because it has nothing to do with money. It has to do with faith. Thank you for those that have come. We're just going to pray in agreement for just a few minutes. You guys can pray where you're at. We'll release you in just a moment. Matter of fact, if you're done with your card or whatever you want to do, if you're done today with whatever you want to do in here, if you're done with whatever point of agreement you want to agree with, if you feel complete and finished today and you're at peace, you're dismissed. We love you so much. Attend a life group tonight if it's one of yours. And drop your, con drop your paper in a bucket on your way out. And these chairs will still be open. If you don't see a chair open, come sit on a pew. Come sit on the altar. And we'll come pray with you. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Redemption Life.